The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Come up to 3.06 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Grant Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy joining us in studio for our monthly segment, Fit After 40. And boy, oh boy, am I glad he was here today. Hi, Grant. Good timing. Hey, good timing. Good timing. Yeah, so, you're back from holidays. We're all ready to go. I, I yeah, heard you about guys. your uh, I heard about your experience on your trip. Mm. Wow. You know, never mind that. A little scary. So I walk yeah. outside. Yeah. Oh, it's always about you. No, it's about you. <laughs> I walk outside uh, at the three o'clock uh, break. Yeah. Come back in again, and you've got your hands on my partner on the other side. <laughs> hey, let's be clear. I was uh, professionally performing a treatment uh, modality in 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 his, studio. Actually, his hands were around my neck. <laughs> yes, it, I I wanted to know what she had said to cause that. Your hands were literally on her neck. It looked yeah. like you were strangling her, but she seems right. more pleasant oh, so now. Much, so what so was going better. on? Yeah. Well, let's we let's talk next today. We're talking next. Seems today. to be reasonable since you can't turn yours. <laughs> And uh, since we're all at over 40 and we want to be fit, we know that next can go wrong from, from trying to be fit, but also just from sleeping. Well, and that's it. How does this happen? You know, <laughs> Thursday night, go to bed, feeling great, wake up th- Friday morning, can't move at all and in great pain. What What is that? I just call it, oh, I've got a kink in my neck or I've pinched a nerve. That's right. Well, and it can be, a, that's a good way to describe it because those both can be the problem. So... Uh, Let's put it this way. When you're, we've talked about this before. The best thing in life is to keep moving. But those times when you can't, like sleeping, it's a good example of something. Sometimes you get your neck into a position that it shouldn't be. You're sleeping, and that's the, you know, a nice, good, deep sleep. It doesn't matter. You're not waking up from mm-hmm. it, no matter what position your head's in, or on on a plane, sitting on a plane, or even just sitting at work too. People sit with their head in one position. So if their monitor's off to one side and their head's turned, and they're doing work with their head turned for a long period of time it can cause the problem as well and there's a lot of different things that can lead to it the most common thing is exactly what you got described as a kink in the neck and what can happen is you can sit in a certain position or be stuck in one position and a muscle can shorten it essentially is no longer the length that it was it it contracts and when that happens it brings on pain pain brings on spasm the muscle shortens a little further and you get a cycle mm-hmm. and that's what you feel like you're in a lot of pain you can't turn your head you can't tip your head those muscles are what are creating the pain and then other things can occur as well the joint might not be moving well inside of your neck you've got the vertebra that move on one another and essentially they rotate in order for you to turn your head and they move in different positions for you to be able to move your neck and when those joints don't move properly that can lead to more spasm or can create spasm as well so we got to figure out which one's happening and usually it's a combination of factors it's rarely just one thing somebody might say it's a muscle another person might say it's the joint i say it's probably both if the joint if it's not if the neck's not moving the joint's probably been affected the muscle's been affected and the nerves are involved as well so so what's a person supposed to do first when they wake up in the morning and realize that something's wrong what's the first thing you should do especially in the neck so uh move i know this sounds strange but um when something like that happens and you're not sure what 
what to do. Slowly moving it is actually the key, um, especially if you, you know, it's coming from the neck, it's arising from there. If you're getting really, there's certain things you've got to watch out for. Um, you know, just acute pain isn't what we're talking about, but searing kind of pain, those are the things you should get looked at ASAP, get into the doctor. But if it's my neck is sore, I'm I'm seized up or I've got this kink in my neck, slow movement is probably the first thing that somebody should do. They should gently try to turn their head, even if they're getting some discomfort. Little movement slowly is trying to get that rotation, particularly turn your head. That would be my best advice when you wake up and you're not sure what to do. Just move it a little bit. So you'd want to stop short of acute pain though, right? Yeah, that's right. And then what you do is you, you'll slowly get a little bit more and more movement. Now, when we see somebody, we go through all of the steps to rule out that there's nothing else going on. And then we will look at and take somebody up to that barrier of discomfort and sometimes move it a little bit further. But we know what we're feeling and what we're seeing. So we know that it's safe to do so. So at home, my advice would be move it slowly, move it a little bit more each time. If you're getting a little bit more movement, keep moving it, do it throughout the day, be more active. People will think, well, I can't do anything. And that actually leads to more problems. So when you protect it, and you guard it and you're not moving it, it gets shorter and shorter Mm. and shorter and more difficult to move. So I do encourage people to, as an example, if they normally would get on the bike, I'd say, yeah, get on the bike and get moving, increase your metabolism. I I have to ask because, and and honestly, you asked as well just a moment ago, but whenever over the years I've had a small kink or one of the kids or, or... Carol, we have this conversation about hot, cold, or hot and cold, or how do you know when the right thing is hot, when the right thing is cold? Yeah. Acute injuries, the rule of thumb, first 24 hours is you would use ice. That's typical. Okay. You've done, particularly if you've done something, you've fallen or you've had a trauma or an impact, and you know that there's going to be swelling and that kind of inflammation. Typically, then we're going to use ice and we're going to do it for about 15 to 20 minutes every couple hours. And even if you're wrong, erring on the side of ice isn't a a problem because ice in itself will actually give you some pain relief Mm. because it slows the nerve conduction of those pain nerve endings and it reduces inflammation and swelling. So if you're going to err on the side and you're not sure, err on the side of ice. But as an example with this, if you saw me, I'd probably have said, let's get some heat on it because I would have known this isn't necessarily, there was no trauma. I'd have gone through all of that and realized this is primarily a problem with the joint movement and we've got a problem with some muscle spasm and I'm going to want to try to relax that muscle spasm and probably would have used heat. But you wouldn't have gone wrong by trying ice first. Is there ever a combination of hot and cold? Yeah, usually in the subacute phase. So when you're moving from that first 24 hours into the next kind of stage, you can alternate heat and ice. And it's actually helpful to do that sometimes, especially with certain types of injury, like things like uh, ankle sprains. Um, You're after that 24 hours, you can do what contrast baths. So you're in ice water for 30 seconds, hot water for 30 seconds. Mm. And there's a reason for that. You actually, with with ice, what's happening is you're actually um, contracting or constricting the blood vessels. And with heat, they open, they dilate. And so what happens is, when you ice, you squeeze, and then it, when it heats, it opens, creating almost like a pump. So it helps to pump the blood, the blood, in order to release or, or sorry, thirty seconds. The swelling. You said. Yeah, it just depends. First, you do thirty seconds and thirty seconds. As you get through the subacute stage, you spend less time in ice and more time on heat. And then, as you get more into the chronic 
stage, mm. we talk about heat more than anything. Grant, uh, Jason texted in, and I had the same question last night. Uh, how effective are muscle relaxants exactly, and should we take them when the when the muscles stiffen up? Yeah. So uh, you know, and again, uh, this I, I'll, I'll they can work. <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, and over the counter, like Robaxacet, is a good example. They can work if it's an acute muscle spasm. And if we're talking about the neck, how somebody might tell that is they're going to feel like the pain's coming from the muscles. They're going to feel a lot of tension in the muscles around the neck, especially those ones that come off the side called the upper trapezius. And if it does feel that type of tension that you're getting, then something like a muscle relaxant or Robaxacet is going to be effective. As I always say, when it comes to the medication world, talk to the pharmacist and make sure that uh, you're taking something that you should be taking and it doesn't react with any of the other medications that you're on. Sometimes when you're turning your neck and you hear all sorts of crunchy business going on. (laughs) Sure. What is that? So that's called crepitus. And uh, the way I like to describe that, it's almost like rust. It's like, uh, you know, when you open a door that hasn't opened for a little while and that rust kind of, it creaks. Well, that's typically what happens when you've got a joint that's not moving very well. You're going to get joint crepitus. And there's a couple kinds of crepitus. And without making light of the medical world, there's good and bad crepitus. Mm -hmm. And bad crepitus is painful and good crepitus isn't. So essentially, what I'm Hmm. saying is if you're getting pain and and grinding, that's something we want to deal with. Lots of people have crepitus in their joints. They just know that they make some sounds that you don't need to worry. It's nothing to, you know, seek help for or anything like that. But if you're getting pain and crunching, then and that kind of grinding movement, then it's something that you want to deal with. And because we can get those joints moving better, get that nutrition to them. And just like that door analogy I used, the more you open the door after a little while, that crunching yeah. starts to go away. Now, I have an appointment booked uh, with you for tomorrow <laughs> to follow up on this because yeah. there's still a lot of muscle pain and that sort of thing. But right. what was amazing, and I think that that's one of the things that people need to realize, I've been suffering with this now Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You fixed it in two minutes. Right. And and once we get a chance to look at it and we see what's going on, when you correct the dysfunction, the the pain can reduce quite a bit. Yeah. And in a problem like yours or a problem like what we're talking about today, these wry necks, these acute um, issues with the neck where it's difficult to turn, once you break that cycle, so whether you reduce the spasm or reduce the pain or increase the movement, any one of those things, three things will break that cycle and all of a sudden things start to feel better. And as I've talked about on, on the show, the key to all of this stuff is keep it moving, make sure it's got the right flexibility and be active. So we can get you doing all of those things as quick as possible and get you through this injury or this problem as quick as possible. Now, this is different to this rye neck that you're calling it. Right. So rye neck is a is another one of these colloquial terms that we use. And that one's a term for torticollis. And uh, what that is, is actually a shortening of the muscle at the front of the neck. And it puts your head in a really interesting position where your head is rotated and tilted. Mm-hmm. So it rotates, for example, to the left and tilts to the right. And that's a specific muscle at the front of the neck called the sternocleidomastoid. And if that muscle is contracted, you get a lot of pain. Um, some babies are actually, uh, we see babies that are born hmm. with it sometimes the, from the position in utero. They'll come out born with that, that shortened muscle. Um, but with, that, with us as adults, you can sometimes, and if you think about it, what position are you in when you're when that happens and why would you wake up like that oftentimes it's from sleeping and we've got to get that muscle to let go and release and basically we do some work to stretch it out and break that spasm and get people moving again yours would be a good example of something we'd call a kink neck mm-hmm. you know the joint 
probably just got stuck in one position and didn't want to move. The muscle went into spasm, and now you're in that kind of acute pain that you're in. And again, you get that joint moving properly, you get that muscle spasm to release, and you can start moving your head, and then all of a sudden you start feeling better. I, I suppose the answer would be no, but is there anything you can do to avoid these sort of injuries? Um, neck injuries or the ones that you well, wake like up with? Well, like sleeping in a bad position. <laughs> I mean, is is yeah. a, good, I mean, does a good, good pillow, pillow help? Or yeah, you know. And I get asked about that's probably the most common. I get asked the most common thing after back and neck problems. I get asked are pillows and beds, and I've done my best to research and and look into these things. And everybody has claims. They're mostly anecdotal. There's not great research on it. So my best answer is uh, gonna be a not firmly based in research answer, which is typically if you're comfortable, you're not getting pain and you've got something that you feel best with, then that's the right pillow for you. Mm -hmm. Um, People wanna know, is it a firm mattress or a soft mattress? I can tell you, you know, for disc problems, people are probably better off with a more firm mattress with more degenerative degenerative problems they're often better with something softer like arthritic backs that's not that's not hard and tested um, philosophies I've seen people who are the opposite out there you can try that pillows that is one I have yet to see any real rules so I usually tell people try three different types of pillows a firm one something in the middle and then something soft so the rule of thumb though is is be comfortable right that's right yeah because we've all done that where you go to a hotel and the pillow is not like your pillow at home it's too thin or too big and you just know going into it Sure. This doesn't feel right. Or at home, you don't have a pillow that's comfortable and you sleep in a hotel that's got the best pillow yes. ever. Buy that pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I am telling you, you go to, don't put it in your suitcase, <laughs> go down, and oh. there is no value for that pillow. Your lifetime of good sleeps is worth whatever they charge you. Hmm. Do deep massages when it comes to neck help or aggravate? Um, no, it, it depends on the stage. So right now, it, it, a deep tissue massage that's too aggressive of it, it depends on the skill of whoever you're seeing they need to know that there's boundaries and if you push it too hard sometimes you create more spasm so it just depends on what you're doing how long you're doing it and who you're seeing so some massage isn't is a good idea and if the person's remember to work with the person who's doing yeah. it and if you're you're cringing and they're continuously pushing through it and you think that it's going well and you're not telling them you know what that's a very painful and I'm feeling worse then that's not going to be helpful. So that kind of uh, conversation with your professional is really important. I expect the same thing from my patients. I want them to tell me or I'll tell them, look, this is going to be really uncomfortable for only a minute or so, but you tell me if it's too much. And then that's really important. That's good advice no matter what, whether it's your doctor, your physio, Hmm. massage therapist or anything, make sure you're clear with them and and the more information you give them, the more they can help you. I like that your head's turning hey, now. Hey, look, Andrew, I can turn my <laughs> I, head and see I you. see that, but here, you know, we have to take a break, but yep. I want to ask about this when we come back. Because I've, you know, had a kink in the neck or, you know, and then I've done exactly what you've said to do and gotten a little, you know, whatever. But then it returns later. It's, you know, so I didn't fix it. I, I, I don't know what I did. Yep. Hold that thought. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll find out what the long-term solution is. 
We're sitting down with Grant Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy, another segment of Fit After 40. And just before the break, uh, break, Grant, I mentioned that, you know, sometimes you kind of work it out in the morning, then it returns in the evening or the next morning. So what's going on there? Why haven't we solved the problem initially? There's t- way too many things to say. Uh, you'd ha- you'd ha- we'd have to look at it to know what's going on, because if it's a muscle, what can be happening is there can be a signal coming from the nerves telling the muscle to contract and to be shortened and tight over and over. If it's the joint, it might not have gotten moving properly. Um, my advice, though, is keep it moving. Keep moving. Keep doing those kind of exercises where you're turning your head and getting your neck through a range of motion. Even after it starts to feel better, keep it moving. Lots of people just start feeling better, and they stop doing mm-hmm. everything they did to get there, but they've stop too soon the problem just slowly creeps back muscles have this tendency to demonstrate something called creep which is to go back to the position that they're they were previously in oh, really so you you want to be careful that you keep things moving if you got it what what about pinched nerves in neck? Yeah, so that can certainly happen as well as even from certain positions and sitting in, but there's various things that can cause a pinched nerve in the neck. One would be a disc, a herniated disc in the neck. You're going to start getting numbness and tingling. You're going to get an acute sensation of pain and then numbness and even weakness down into the arm. You can have something called neuroforaminal encroachment from arthritis where um, basically the space where the nerve exits is no longer as large as it mm-hmm. used to be and it's encroaching encroaching or compressing that nerve and that can cause the problem as well causing some numbness or tingling so oftentimes with these problems when the when there's an actual insult to the nerve you'll have sequelae or you'll have numbness and tingling that goes with it do not just try you know your home remedies with that kind of a problem those are things you do want to see a professional about the sooner you see a professional with a problem like that the better the higher the likelihood we're going to be able to help out um, sometimes then I, I don't don't say sometimes almost always when remember when you've got pain even from something like spasm the nerves are involved mm-hmm. they are the signals for the pain they're also involved in what's happening in that spasm cycle so the nerves are always in, involved it's just to what extent or in what way when it's compressed or pinched those are the ones if you're getting that numbness or tingling you certainly want to get in as soon as possible one of our texters wants to know from you grant what's the difference between acupuncture and dry needling is one better than the other <laughs> so the difference is that they use the same needle so the term is the same because because the term dry needling is the fact that there's no injection. Nothing is coming out of the needle and into the body. We're not injecting somebody with cortisone or saline or freezing like lidocaine. So dry needling is the term when you're not injecting somebody. How this person's probably using it is in the terms of acupuncture where we're using a traditional Chinese medical approach. There's points in the body throughout meridians where we put the needle into those points and we use basically a traditional Chinese approach um, to elicit pain relief and other other things that we're trying to aim for. Dry needling from a perspective of what's called intramuscular stimulation or trigger point injections, what we're doing is we're using that needle to go deep into muscles to release muscle spasm. That's the term that some a lot of people will call dry needling. Uh, is one better than the other? They're used for different things. Um, they can be used in different ways. It depends on the patient. Some patients might not tolerate deep needling of the muscle because it can be uncomfortable. And yet acupuncture is very innocuous. You feel a little bit mm. of a mosquito bite. And so so a patient who doesn't tolerate one can tolerate the other. Depends on the stage of the injury, how long it's been there. If there's overt signs of muscle shortening or spasm that's kind of not going away, oftentimes acupuncture is not getting the 
you'll move on to the next step and use an approach like dry needling or IMS mm. or mm. that. So, so oh, no, I've, I've done that. You've done yes. that to me, that the dry, dry needling spasm yeah. thing. Yeah. And yeah. so there's not one that's better than mm-hmm. the other. It's about, and we've said this, it's about using the right treatment for the right yeah. problem at the right time. And I'm going to throw in for the right person because like I said, some patients are going to tolerate one better than the other. I have some patients who come in and just say, I just need the, <laughs> I just need IMS or I just yeah. need, uh, you know, trigger points injections and I'll say hmm. well let's make sure that we're giving you the right treatment right now leadingedgephysio.com is the website you can you ask bet. the physio right there and we'll check in with Grant Fedork once again next month on Fit After 40 thanks Grant thanks guys the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad